You know, there are certain songs that sound dated, like they definitely come from another time. Yeah. But they're still so damn good, and I just, oh, I can't ever, ever get tired of hearing Joy Division. And, you know, you can go back and be like, well, it's so simplistic, but if, if you put it in context, so much of music appreciation is context, and I suppose that's life in general. Um, there wasn't anything else like this at the time. No, laying on the floor in the dark with the speakers, not headphones on for me, but laying on the floor in the dark with speakers on either side of my ears. Uh-huh. Uh, that may sound really cheesy and dorky, I realize, but... Not really. It was a phenomenal way to listen to Joy Division. I could not agree yeah. more. You know, your your asymmetrical new wave haircut with moose in it poking you in the eye Hells while you lay yeah, there. yeah, my pegged pants. Oh, <laughs> just laying there in your trench coat and nothing else because... <laughs> It was the a different time, sucks. man. Yeah. Well, you know what? There were certain things that were pretty damn cool about being a Gen Xer. Speaking of, I'm Brian Oak. It's the Brian Oak Show, episode 91. Thank you for listening. Here we are recording in the Smart Start MN Studios in South Minneapolis. My name is Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. How are you today, Sean? I am a little tired, but I'm doing well. You, so it's weird. In the COVID era, a lot of people, unless, I mean, some people like go camping or they will go do this thing. People are still taking flights and trains, but, but not like they used to. And I certainly am not. I have I don't remember the last time I was anywhere worth note. You actually left the state since I've seen you last. I did. I drove down to Memphis with one of my uncles who's got some health challenges. I won't go into that, but but uh, he had some things he wanted to do and that I wanted to do, and we had a fantastic trip down to Memphis. Uh, crazy, though, along the way, um, A, how much Trump stuff we saw, mm. but the other thing that was weird was like state by state. You know, hardly any masks in Iowa. Uh, around St. Louis, not many masks. Down in Memphis, absolutely masked up. Uh, and really? Very few people in any of the venues that we were in. Uh, and if they were in there, everyone was wearing a mask. That's great. Like, massive participation. It was great, but it was so weird. Out Like, in St. Louis, we wore a mask every every place we went. But there were some places like in St. Louis and in southern Iowa where we were the only ones wearing masks. That's not cool. No, it's not. And so we were just super careful about it. And um, it was it was amazing. You know, I mean, there was there were some really cool parts of it. Most of all, I think just spending the time with one of my uncles who I absolutely adore. So that was cool. I've never been to Memphis. And I want to know, did you see did you either one of two things? A, see the ghost of Elvis or B, at least hum Walking in Memphis by Mark Cohn. I did because you're right there. We also saw where uh, Martin Luther King was shot. That was a block away from where we were staying. We were staying at an old train station that was converted into a hotel. Wow. So really, I, I'm a huge fan of trains, so that was really cool. But we did get to go to Sun, Sun Records, Sun Studios, and... For me, as much as Elvis and that sort of thing, I loved the movie U2, Rattle and Hum. In fact, I was in that movie. I'm sorry? Yeah, I was in the movie. Are we, well, well I, I was at the concert I at Sun Devil Stadium. Yeah, all right, yeah. All right, I got but it. But I was at least on the, I was on the field, 33 uh, rows back uh, for Rattle and Hum. Wow. Tickets were $5. Come on. No. Really? For Rattle and Hum, yeah. Wow. I mean, so but, I, I love that movie. Wait, it's a great movie, and Memphis just has so many great stories, and if people don't know Sun Studios, Sam Phillips, he is one of those guys, just, I mean, at Sun Studios, to be honest, comparatively speaking, is kind of a hole in the wall. It's it is. not Paisley Park. I mean, it, no. was, it was an old storefront where people like Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins, and Roy dozens Orbison, of other, yeah. got, got their launch. I mean, this was their launching pad where they first went and cut 
cut their first few sides. And then suddenly, even as they were getting more popular, they would still go through Sun Studios. I mean, Sam Phillips was there for a, a, one of the most important sort of developments or stages in American music history. Absolutely. The funny thing about that I didn't realize, because, you know, the movies are all bullshit and a lot of the... <laughs> so I, I always thought Elvis went in there, cut his first record, and like two weeks later, they're like, holy shit, we got to do something with this kid. Uh-huh. Nope. He cut his first song, and it took a year before he actually made anything worth a damn. And then it was crazy. Yeah. After that. Well, they were I, like, we're looking for a vocalist for this song. And they pulled him, you know, he he literally sprinted from wherever he was, they said. So he came in, he was just hot and soaking wet uh-huh. and recorded his first song. And then it took off like you would not believe. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. once it started, it started. But I heard early on, the, because back then was still the era of race records. There were certain yes. stations, there were stations around the country, and a lot of them, especially in the South, that would not play what they deemed race records. I know Buddy Holly ran into it when he was young because they're like, well, he doesn't sound like you know he's got colored skin but he he's singing their music for sure and we're not going to play that on these texas radio stations and for elvis because he had that deep rich baritone they actually thought that he was black yeah they did and and the other thing that was crazy is that the dj would do this thing at night where he would play different artists and he'd have people call in and say what they thought about it but he would he would intentionally <laughs> scratch the record if he hated it right like, well the song would start <clears throat> Maybe <laughs> like thirty seconds into it, I love this. As you and I, you know, both spent so much time as DJs, it just take and <laughs> oh. something and ruin it. He's like, that will never be played on this radio station again. Elvis's first song, he played twelve songs, 12, 12 times in his first five hour shift, right? Or in that first in that five hour shift, because the reaction was so freakish. Oh, it was just incredible. And so superstar crazy. Elvis. Well, it sounds like you had a good time overall. I did. It was good. I'm glad to be home. Always good to sleep in your own bed. Yeah, agree. You know? <laughs> exactly. Not necessarily be on the road so much. Well, in your absence, we lost another great. Now, I would be lying if I said I went super deep on reggae, but there are certain names in any genre that sort of transcend the genre. Like you know who John Coltrane is. Yes. You know who Thelonious Monk and mm-hmm. Miles Davis are. You know, and I know nothing about jazz well the same thing in the world of reggae we all know bob marley we all know jimmy cliff and right there on that same tier at least in terms of importance if not international recognition is a man by the name of toots hibbert who was the front man for toots and the maytals they were some of jamaica's biggest hit makers throughout the 60s and 70s but really his career spanned more than six decades and he passed since we've done our last show together Hmm. at the age of 77 now probably the thing that he's most noteworthy for outside of you know, if, if you're not a deep reggae fan, is he had a song back in the 60s called Do the Reggae, which is largely considered the first moment that that style of music was officially referred to as reggae. So he's credited with coming up with the term reggae. Uh, and he really, he did dance hall, he did ska, he did, uh, there's so many forms that cross over mm-hmm. in that whole world right there. But Toots was one of the greats. I had actually had the privilege of interviewing him once early in my career at City's 97. Wow. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I don't think he would take offense to this, I am not trying to speak ill of the dead dude was high as hell (laughs) dude was high you know that kind of like slow thoughtful staring into space behind dark sunglasses and then you slowly get an answer to your question but no judgment there hell i was probably jealous at the time but he was a wonderful guy a great performer and a legendary legendary figure in the evolution of reggae music so in tribute to toots hibbert dead at the age of 77 here's one of his signature songs on the brian oak show
That is Toots Hibbert right there. Toots Hibbert. Uh, Toots and the Maytals pressure drop on the Brian Oak Show. Now, in just a moment, we're going to be talking to Minnesota singer Maida. She is part of an incredible event coming up that is called Me Too Minneapolis. It is a virtual streaming live performance of a bunch of Minnesota-based artists, including Tina Schleski of Tina and the B-Sides, Maida herself, and Sarah Morris. They're all the headliners. It's going to be a virtual streaming event, but more than a dozen, in fact, more than 15 Minnesota artists Uh have gotten together and all recorded original music so you can get an entire album 17 tracks of not the album but the download of course 17 tracks of original music all written around the me too theme as part of this we'll talk more about the event and how to get involved and we're going to talk to Meta in mere moments but first i feel i would be remiss if i didn't mention that the brian oak show does not exist in a bubble it does not exist in a vacuum it exists due to the largesse of our sponsors and all of our patreon supporters one of those sponsors would be smart start mn smart start mn is minnesota's original ignition interlock company so if you someone you know gets into trouble with the dui it's going to be expensive and it's an arduous process but one of the things you can do to get your life back on track the soonest is to be able to drive again so you can make it to appointments you can get here you can get there you're going to find there's a lot of here getting and there getting that's necessary in the wake of a dui but you can get back to it sooner and for less than you might imagine if you go with the good folks at smart start they're fantastic. SmartStartMN.com slash The Brian Oak Show. 20% off the installation of the Ignition Enderlock. Or you can just click on the banner at BrianOakShow.com. That would be fantastic. We would love to have you pursue that for you or for someone you know who might be in need of the services over at SmartStartMN. Also, in addition to crisscrossing the country, traveling at will, as he's wont to do most recently to Memphis, and working here on the Brian Oak Show, our good friend Sean Bernard is also a realtor for Edina Realty. How's that going for you? It's going really well. You know, helping out uh, friends of the show, Jim and Nancy right now, I... Uh, just picked up another couple of uh, different opportunities. You know, people may think school started. I can't sell my house anymore. That's not true at all. You can sell your house. You can buy a place uh, throughout the year. It's a myth that nobody buys a place except for in the summertime. Uh, we buy and sell all year long. And so reach out 612-859-2594. That number is text worthy as well. 612-859-2594 or one 800 cross-country traveler <laughs> that's that's not true at all no, don't, don't use that one right there it is the brian oak show episode 91 i'm brian oak that is sean bernard and we are happy to be here over the course of the next three podcasts i guess that would be episode 91 92 and 93 we are going to be featuring artists who are part of a very cool upcoming live event in just over a week thursday september 24th there is going to be a virtual streaming live performance with minnesota-based artists this is called me Too minneapolis it's at the hook and ladder and now we're not asking you to go to the hook and ladder we're watching asking you to watch online uh it's from 7 to 10 on thursday september 24th 2020 and it features well a it's hosted by a wonderful human being my friend and former colleague andrea swenson who does the local show over on the current absolutely brilliant i don't know if i've ever met anyone as committed and interested and just unbelievably enthusiastic about minnesota music than andrea swenson have you ever had a chance to talk to her about minnesota music sean 
Oh, have I? Yeah. Uh, I have not, but I'll tell you what, everybody I talk to says the same thing about her. Like, she is so passionate about Minnesota artists. And I, I love Minnesota music, and I know a lot of people who both make and love Minnesota music, but I've never met anybody with her level of dedication. Well, the lineup for this performance is absolutely incredible. Your headliners, Tina Schleski, the woman we're about to talk to, uh, Sarah Morris, are each the, and Sarah Morris are all going to do a 30-minute set. I mean, we've had Sarah on the show here. In fact, we've had a bunch of the women who are performing at this event on the show, and over the course of the next three episodes, we're going to have even more. We're part of the solution. (laughs) Well, (laughs) we're at least providing attention to a very important event that's coming up. Maida is a local singer. Is she a pop singer? Is she a soul singer? Is she a rapper? Is she an R&B artist? I would like to say yes to all of those things right there. And she's really an incredible live performer and has been putting out some amazing music. And we're very lucky to get a few minutes of her time right now. Maida, how are you? I am doing well. How about you? Yeah, you know, doing okay on this end. How's your pandemic going so far? Um, as pandemic, uh, great as it can be, quote-unquote great. Yeah, well, as long as, I mean, if you mean that, that's good. I just, I know, you know, some people this is a hard time for. Other people, it's... Yeah, well, it's going pandemically, let's just say that. Beautifully (laughs) put. Yeah, pandemically. Is that a word? It is now. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think we can add wordsmith to your list of accolades. Uh, Maida, right. Maida, where do you live? I live in St. Paul Very. by the Midway um, area. Right. And uh, and how long, I mean, is, how long has Minnesota been your home? You are Minnesotan, correct? Yes. I was born in South Korea, but I was pretty much raised in St. Paul, Minneapolis. Very good. And so Minnesota has been in your musical DNA. At what point when you are on the path upwards, and I'm talking about just age, like youth, at what point does the music bug bite, Maida? Um, It started, well, that, I don't know when it, I can tell you where the seed was planted, but I can tell you that I remember my memories of music um, began at like three or four. So right on. And, and were, were there any artists? Was there any style of music that particularly, you know, you sat up and took notice, or you got more excited than you did to other types of music, or was it just everything? Um, it was blues music. It was soul, old, old eighteen hundreds blues music. Um, that was yeah. I I have relatives that uh, live in Virginia, like in country, country, Hicksville, Virginia. (laughs) And they had a bunch of blues records in their basement. And I wasn't into farming or hanging out in the field, so I listened (laughs) to their records. When I was little, I snuck down there and I listened to, like, Jimi Hendrix and Mississippi John Hurt and Muddy Waters and people way, you know way before them and I just sat down there and like almost cried as a four or five year old yeah wow so I mean even at four or five maida has got the blues yeah <laughs> crazy that is crazy so when did it happen that you suddenly become a professional musician I mean like did you meet some people along the way were you in a lousy cover band how do you get to be the Maida you are today well I mean I was that stereotypical girl who was brought up to play piano classically 
I wore the big embarrassing dresses and played <laughs> competitions and pretend to be in, to, to know what kind of classical geniuses I was playing. And then I, after I got into the blues, I realized, hey, I can, I'd rather do that. I'd rather, if I'm going to do music, then I'd rather play music that I like that I can connect with. Um, and so I tried to sneak my way into learning blues and getting my mom to let, like, switch over to blues. And then I got, and by that time, I was in Nirvana and Garbage and Nine Inch Nails. And I, I was, you know, growing up, I had friends, sort of. And um, <laughs> some of my friends, yeah, some of my friends and I, we were like, let's start a band. Uh, and we were a bunch of girls. So we were like sixth grade and we got together and I wrote a lot of the music and then my drummer, who was one of my best friends, was into writing. So we wrote most of the music for our band, even though I didn't sing, I just played guitar. And then from there, we just started playing like real professional gigs. Um, looking back, they were professional, but and at the time we were like, oh, this is just fun. We're you know, playing for audiences and at malls and at radio stations and, you know, when it, like playing at Grand Old Days mm -hmm. on the talent show a couple times. And then we got connected with uh, Jelly Bean Johnson and Chance Howard of wow. the time in Prince. And they, we got to record at um, Jimmy Jam's old flight time. Jimmy Jam and Terry Luce's when it was around. Um, you know, you say, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but you say that you, I guess I am interrupting you, and I apologize for that, but no, just no, real, no. real quickly, you said, well, and then from there, we just met these guys. I mean, that, that, <laughs> there, there's a piece of connective tissue in there that I missed because a lot of people would like to meet people with that kind of pedigree, you know? I mean, how do, how do you think yeah. you stood out, or how did that connection did that connection come about? Did they just see you, and they're like, oh, yeah, this has to happen? Well, actually, um, we, from winning... Uh, one of the talent shows at Grand Ole Bays, or the Battle of Bands at Grand Ole Bays, one of the awards was, I think, recording time at Flight Time. Nice. And then I think one of, I think if you're familiar with Nita Moore, she's also a local singer. Mm -hmm. um, her mom knew somebody, knew this guy named James who used to manage Janet Jackson. And so he knew... Uh, you know, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and um, Jelly Bean and Chance. And Jelly Bean is obvious, and Chance are both, you know, local legends. And somehow we got connected together, and they saw the potential in us because we were all about music. We were all about fun. We're all young girls. Um, we were also, you know, all people of color. And because I was... Asian, Nina's black, mm -hmm. and our guitar player was Indian American, and our drummer was, um, she was, she was a mix of things, and then my bass player, who's actually, our old bass player was Josh Hartnett's sister, Jessica. What? Um, 
Yeah, it's a great. We're a crazy mix. <laughs> so, right yeah. on. And so now today we're at the point though where you are widely recognized. I mean, I read, and I guess I wasn't aware of this. You've had your music on Rachel Ray, Good Morning America, c- commercials, yeah. things like that as well. So obviously, there's a big appeal to that. And I know that you have been around the world bringing your music to a lot of different people. And before we talk about the concert that is coming up. Uh, early next week, or rather late next week, uh, and some of the artists you work with and what went into that. Um, it's a very, very cool deal because in addition to that performance I talked about, there's an album that all of you have created where you contributed your own music. I want to talk about that, but you've toured the world, and now here we are in the pandemic, and we talked to a lot of Minnesota musicians on this particular podcast. I'm wondering, like, is it? are you going stir-crazy? Are you, are you, like, is it driving you nuts to not be out and bringing music to people directly? Uh, yeah. It is. Um, I mean, that's a big thing. I I don't know. I think I'm a borderline introvert-extrovert, but obviously I love performing and mm-hmm. I love traveling. And traveling is a really big part of my inspiration um, in terms of where I'm at in, the, in life, in the world, because I'm a person who can't sit still either I can't stay and sitting still I don't just mean like in like one room or mm-hmm. in one chair I mean like in one city in one state <laughs> right and and God I of course I love Minnesota it's my home but I can't sit still you know in Minnesota for too long and that's sort of another reason why I travel is because then I get to appreciate Minnesota more I get I need to I need that reminder sometimes yeah i agree i I have a phrase that time apart makes time together more special and people always think i'm joking around (laughs) but i actually i I believe it you know whether you're talking about a personal relationship or the place you're from you know sometimes you just got to roam and then when you come back you've got a much better appreciation for it we're talking to Maida here on the brian oak show Maida, what i'd like to do if you don't mind is let's hear some of your music and then when we come back we can talk more specifically about this gig coming up next week and the accompanying album that people will get if they buy tickets to watch it online we'll talk about that but first we're going to hear a song years called dragonfly if people want to see the video for it where should they go they can go to youtube um my youtube channel is just youtube.com slash made miller my whole name um no spaces all under case okay very good that's Um, m-a-y-d-a-m-i-l-l-e-r what's the what's the number one thing we should know about dragonfly before we hear it um it's about letting yourself be who you are and letting yourself just really go like a dragonfly. That sounds perfect. Here's Dragonfly, Meta, Minnesota Music here on the Brian Oak Show. Okay, when we play this song here, Meta, you won't be able to hear it, um, but we'll okay. be back to you as soon as it's over, okay? Okay. Brian, cool. you got to hit. Spotify? Yep. And just hit up, 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 up. Down on the song. There you go. Left. There you go.
It's the Brian Oak Show. Thank you for tuning in very much. We are joined now by Maida, whose song you just heard right there, Dragonfly. And, you know, Maida, I'm going to have to, once we're past the pandemic and once things are better, I have to come see you live because I knew that your stuff was funky, but that was like kind of like a rump shaker right there. And um, <laughs> I made me move around a lot in my seat. That's a really good song right there. Would you say that typifies what it is you like to do? Uh, I'm sorry, you saw it. I didn't catch that. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, would you say that that song typifies what you like to do? Like, I mean, you like a song that makes people move? I Yes. I love a song that makes people move either physically or emotionally or mentally. That's, that's my whole, that's pretty much my whole goal with my music is to make you shift. Um, I mean, hopefully in a positive way, definitely. And, uh, but if not in the, if you don't like it, then that's, that's okay. That's good. I'd rather have you not like something or question something rather than just kind of forget it or shrug your shoulders. So definitely moving. Absolutely. We're talking to Maida. She is one of the headliners for an event coming up next week. Hashtag Me Too Minneapolis, a virtual streaming live performance from Minnesota-based artists. It's going to be happening at the Hook and Ladder, but they don't want you to come down there. What they want you to do is watch. It's from 7 to 10. It'll be a live streaming show. Tickets are $25, but you get all these amazing performances from Tina Schleski, Maida, Sarah Morris. There's also going to be a lot of other people. Ashley Still, Lydia Liza, Mary Bue, who we'll be talking to soon. Annie Mack, who's been on the show before. Uh, 
uh, and on uh, Katie Vernon, who's been on the show Sarah before. Sarah Morris. Yeah, exactly. So a long list of people who are going to be performing, and it is described this way. It's a Minnesota women, femmes, trans, non-binary folk songwriting collective that was started back in 2019, uh, and it, it's a big deal. It, 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 obviously, Me Too has seen an increased amount of attention in recent years. And maybe if I can ask you, before we talk any more about the event, when it comes to when it comes to Me Too, it's always been time, right? But finally, there seems to be more traction than there's been in the past. Why do, why do you think that is right now, that we're finally seeing a message that has been important for so long, finally starting to get even a shred of the attention and be taken as seriously as it should be? Um, because the pandemic, um, it really put us all in one place. It all put our faces and our minds to one thing, which is the screens, um, and which is a form of connecting. And by putting us all in one, at one space, um, quote unquote space, you know, we're able to look at each other and see everything now. And especially with the social media being able to, you know, share experiences, share opinions. Now everybody can see it. Everybody. Um, and then with us being all in one place, then the George Floyd thing happens. Obviously that started a whole big other thing. Um, and now people are more about sharing and standing up for what they believe in and voicing their opinions and their experiences. And I mean, me too means that something happened before you that you can totally relate to. Um, and the fact that it's a statement, me too, people are able to actually verbalize, articulate just the two words means something means that you've you now see it you now we've all now seen what can happen and what continues to happen with the similar experiences and you know perspectives that these now these terrible things or these injustices are not just something that happens to one person or two people or even a group and it continues, and that's why it's a movement, because more people are saying me too. So that's why I think it's able to really come out of the woodwork. Me Too Minneapolis is a virtual streaming live performance from Minnesota-based artists coming up next week. It's going to be on Thursday, September 24th. Now, it does have a $25 ticket price from 7 to 10, but that also includes the, and not only are those proceeds, by the way, going to benefit Planned Parenthood and other organizations, but that also includes a digital download of an album. And this is cool. The album was recorded by the artists who are going to be taking part in the event. Basically, well, I'll let you tell me, how were you approached about this? And I believe they just said, please write a song that fits the vibe of what we're doing and they let you write anything they want or anything you wanted, correct? Yes, yes. Um, I, okay, honestly, I don't remember if I got an email asking or suggesting or anything or if it was just me saying, hey, Krista, I heard there's something cool going on. Let me jump on that. <laughs> right. Um, at any rate, she said, okay, or I was able to be a part of it and I already write about 
these kinds of things about not having a voice or, you know, that struggle to be heard, be seen, be connected, you know. Um, so a lot of my songs already fit that, but I, I think I just, I had already written this song um, that was very much about being held down um, in any way, whether it be abuse, whether it be because of your gender, your race, your sexuality, your serial choice, like, it, does, it doesn't matter. And the fact that everybody, a lot of people, are held underwater for something, not just women, not just, you know, not just Asian people, Black people, Mediterranean people, whatever, you know, everyone has their insecurities that kind of hold them back or hold them underwater and everybody needs oxygen everybody well and that's so, the, that's the that's name of the song in, yeah exactly and so me too meaning like i i need oxygen you have oxygen with the little bit of oxygen that we all have and that we all need we we should share that um in order to get above water so we don't have to be connected to this freaking tank. And I think it's it for me hearing other people with the same with similar stories, not just women, not just these people on the album, but every and not just people in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the world. It's it is a bolt of energy and some more oxygen, quote unquote to help me get to the top. And if I can get to the top, I'm going to help you come with me. There's no point in, you know, holding you down so I can go up or you holding me down so you can go up. We're both going to lose either way. So do you, um, do you, so obviously doing right by one another is at the core of everything. And I that might be oversimplifying a little bit. You said it much more eloquently than I'm going to be able to, but also I think that we're, we're moving into, I mean, the election coming up and I don't, I'm not asking you to get political, not asking you unless you feel like it, but do you feel that it's important more, maybe more than ever to be involved in the election that's coming up? Do I feel it's important to be involved in the elections? Yeah. Of of course. Yes. I mean, I'm not trying to ask a a silly question. I guess what what I was asking is some people feel that we affect greater change on a personal level, but other other people, and and with increasing alarm on social media, I seem to notice that people are like, there's never been a more important time to be politically involved, despite the fact that we're still probably not going to get over 60%. There is still a tremendous number of people who are happy to sit on the sidelines and watch things unravel. And I just feel like it, it, it's always a good idea to urge people to get involved. Oh, yeah. I mean, it should be... Everybody's different, you know, and everybody is trying to fill up their cup in some way, whether it be politically or artistically or just going through your daily schedule, even if that just means, like, waking up, rolling over, um, and, you know, punching into your clock online or whatever it is. Whatever gets you through the day to better yourself and and or even better, better your community, then that's what you got to do. I'm not going to force you or tell you to do this. I, I would encourage people to get to the ballots. I, I would very much encourage people, but if you don't, that doesn't mean that you deserve shame 
or anything. I think in this time, especially, I mean, it connects with the Me Too, with all the race stuff. Shaming is like, is really not productive. Um, trying to change is, and being accountable is, but not shaming or gaslighting or canceling, mm-hmm. not at all. So I'm not going to go and judge you if you're not going to vote or if you're going to vote for this person instead of this person. But I would highly, highly encourage people to do so. But if your way also is to paint a picture, you know, in order to help the community or help yourself or whatever, then the best, best you can do, that is awesome. Then keep doing the best you can do with whatever you Choose to. Coming up next Thursday, yeah. September 24th, Me Too Minneapolis, a virtual streaming live performance from Minnesota-based artists. So you're going to get 30-minute sets from Tina Schleski. For some people, probably better known as Tina from Tina and the B-Sides. Uh, Mado, who we're talking to right now, and Sarah Morris, they're each going to do a 30-minute live set, but many of the other uh, women who have been involved in working on this project and provided albums also did a single together that they recorded an event just a lot, very recently, in the last week or so, and that's going to be worked into the performance as well. It's all coming up on Thursday, September 24th, 7 to 10 p.m. Tickets are 25 bucks a pop, but it includes a digital download where you get 17 original songs, all created brand new specifically for this album and, frankly, for this moment in time. I like this event because it gives people something to look forward to. I remember the excitement of being able to be like, oh, man, we're going to go see Blank at this particular show this weekend. And people are so hungry for that. And the the, 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 the wattage of power, the, the people that we have performing at this, and the number of people who have been involved only adds much-needed momentum. Uh, Maida, we're going to let you go, but I just want to say thank you very much for doing this. And maybe before you go, um, where where's the best place for people to track you down online if they want to know what you're up to, want to hear your music, etc., etc.? Um, you can go to my website, imaidasong.com, or I'm also Twitter, at Maida, Instagram, at Maida Mess. And whenever I say Maida, you have to spell my name Maida. So. All right. Very, very good. M-A-Y-D-A. Um, very yeah. good. Well, Maida, thank you very much. And hopefully when things settle down, if you're not touring the world um, and the world returns to some semblance of normalcy, we'll be able to have you on again and have you stop by the Smart Start MN studio. Heck yeah. All Anytime. Right. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Thanks, Maida. Maida. And have a great event. And we really, really appreciate your time. Hi, thanks, guys. Oh, we almost forgot one important sponsor. And they are an important sponsor because not only do they sponsor the Brian Oak Show, they also provide food and beverage to a very hungry and thirsty chunk of southeast Minneapolis and the surrounding area. And that would be our friends at Buster's on 28th. Buster's on 28th has incredible food. And, you know, Sean and I could keep saying that, or maybe you've had friends that have said they've gone there. You really have to try it because there's a lot of places that are like, oh, it's pretty good bar food. And then there are places that have chef quality food that is not I've told you my problem in the past is the overly frou-frou stuff yes there's no need for extruded dragon fruit on my french fries you know what about ketchup that's how I'd salt. Love salt on my kids. <laughs> on my French fries, you know. So like, it just they they have really really good food there that is chef quality without being overly frou frou. And they also have a ridiculous array of wine and beer there too. The food is so good. You know, there's some places where you really just go there for one thing. I think Buster's on Twenty Eighth. There are so many different things that you can try, and 
I love that. So you could go there a couple times a week and you can get totally different things if you wanted to. Busters on 28th.com. Check them out. All right. Well, we should probably get out of here, Sean. We're going to wrap this up. But I want to let, once again, thanks to Meta for coming by. Meta is one of the headliners for Me Too Minneapolis, the live streaming event coming up on Thursday, uh, September 24th from 7 to 10 p.m. It is going to feature live performances from Tina Schleski of Tina and the B-Sides, Meta, who we just spoke with, and Sarah Morris, who's been on the Brian Oak Show before, plus a lot of other artists. 17 artists in total have been involved with this whole thing. So when you pay the 25 bucks, you get the three-hour live stream, but you also get a download of this wonderful album that was put together with the likes of Lydia Liza, Mary Bue, who will be joining us on our next show, Annie Mack, who's also been on the show, Linnea Moan, the list goes on and on, 17 tracks made specifically for this particular release, and it says here, the album's artists and supporting team want to recognize the impactful way that systemic racism influences and affects all people in our society, in particular, the negative effects it has on our brothers and sisters of color. Through diversity, although though diversity was a consideration from the beginning of this project, and the members did their best to raise all women, femmes, trans, non-binary folk voices, we acknowledge the lack of parity in representation by our fellow musicians of color. They're trying to do the right thing, yeah. right? But these are the people who got involved, and so I don't think that should be a huge mark against them because no. they've put together this incredible compilation with some exceptional talent. If you would like to know more, it's Me Too Minneapolis. That's the name of their website. MeTooMinneapolis.com is where you can get more information on this concert coming up in just over a week. Find your tickets there as well, and they're available all over every form of social media you can imagine. So thanks again to Meta. Good luck to everybody. Next week right here on the show, we are going to talk to, uh, not next week, next episode, Mary Bue, who is also going to be performing there as well. Sean, uh, I'll see you in a couple days. Sounds great. I'm really proud of you. Why? You never mentioned the Viking Packer game. Fuck, dude. No, it'll be another 10 minutes. I'm, <laughs> not, right. do, I'm not doing I'm it just saying. It That's just, why I just, I don't want to talk about it either. I'm just proud of you for not even bringing it up. Oh, you know, I I guess I, I buried it. I blocked it out. Soul crushing. It was just, yeah, that's a kick-ass defense right there that just gives Ooh. up a quick 43 on your opening home opener. It's yeah. a new look defense. <laughs> to no-look defense is what that is. All right, we're not getting into it right now. Instead, we're going to leave on a high note. Uh, I love Gorillaz. Damon Albarn, probably most famously known, well, back in the day it was anyways, from the band Blur. They were huge in the UK and medium huge here during the Alterna Blitz of the mid-90s. But Damon Albarn has gone on to have a very interesting and varied career, and my personal favorite, anything that he's done musically, is his time in Gorillaz, where he collaborates with all kinds of different hip-hop artists, different rappers, different producers, and brings in a lot of different people and so it's not strange that this particular collaboration happened but it is strange in that it features the vocal stylings of one of my all-time favorite vocalists the cure were defining for me in the 80s love love the cure and into the 90s i'm just a huge fan of the cure and so when i saw that the gorillas and robert smith were teaming up together to drop a new single i was cautiously optimistic but it seems appropriate it seems very timely if you will we're going to wrap up episode 91 of the brian oak show with New Gorillas featuring Robert Smith. This is called Strange Times.